I want to read verse number 6 this morning. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now I want to focus this morning on verse number 7. It's where we'll get the theme of our message today. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Father, we thank you for your word. I need your help this morning, and you know it. I know it. Help me to preach your truth. Help me to proclaim truth. And I ask you, Father, for your wisdom and power. Help our congregation today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to draw your attention to the Faith Promise card. All this month in October, we, we dedicate this month as a time of missions emphasis month. And it's a time that we really, we're focusing on the gospel and our part of the Great Commission. And that is to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just before I came over here this morning, I got a text from JV, one of our Filipino pastors. And he just wanted to praise the Lord and send me some pictures. They had three people get baptized this morning. I'm thankful for that. Pastor Anthony sent me a text earlier this week. They were out, on, I believe, on outreach. They had one person saved. And he told me that they had a number of people that was getting baptized this Sunday. I haven't got those pictures yet. I'm waiting to get those. I'll reach out to Pastor Anthony if I haven't heard from him. It's our responsibility to be a part of the Great Commission. Our responsibility to be a part of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. When we begin in our Jerusalem. We, and we begin to branch out from there all the way to the uttermost parts of the world. It's our responsibility as believers. And one of the ways that we do that is we go and we go to our neighbors. We go to our homes. We go to our families. I was thinking of Mark chapter 5. The, uh, the lunatic, the maniac of Gadara as he's described. Who, who everyone tried everything they possibly could to tame him. But the only one that could was the Lord Jesus Christ. And even though Jesus was run out of the land, and uh, that healed man came to Jesus and said, I want to go with you, Jesus says, no, you go home. And you tell your friends how that I had compassion on you. And he went, and he, pres he went back and he told everyone what Jesus had done. And later Je in the Gospels, Jesus comes back and there are people who are prepared to hear Jesus. He was just following the Great Commission. He just went back home. Some is like the praetors. They follow the Lord's call and they travel to different parts of the world. They leave America. They leave their families uh, for the purpose of sharing the Gospel elsewhere. There's different ways to be a part of that. It's us going out door to door in our neighborhood. Or it's us supporting financially and praying and helping others to go. 
I want you to look at that faith promise card. We take these up next week. And I want every person to be praying about how they can be involved in that. This isn't, we've been doing this for a number of years. We've continued to see our commitments increase. And I'm praying for God to do even bigger things this year. And on that card it says, in dependence upon God, I purposed in my heart to give the, to world evangelism through this local church the following amount. And you just write in that number that God lays on your heart. And you just let us know, well, how often is this offering? That way we can do the math for you. And we know exactly uh, what to expect. And that could be uh, each week, each month. It, it may be a one-time offering. Uh, I don't know how you want to do it. You just let us know. And uh, you, what you do, that one side is perforated. And you can just write the same amount on the other side. You, you tear off the small card and you keep that for yourself as a reminder. And uh, next week we'll have you, everyone come by and you'll just drop that in the box. And I want to encourage you this. It's not just for moms and dads, it's also for children. My, my 10-year-old daughter gives to missions. Uh, she, uh, whatever she, the Lord provides for her, she's committed to give and she gives to that. And so everybody's involved in that. And I want his parents to go back home and talk to your children the importance of this. And uh, it's, it's sacrificial giving, it's faith-based giving... It's, uh, Lord, what can I maybe get out of my life? Uh, things that I'm wasting money on that I could give and invest in emissions. I want you to be praying about that. Can everybody do that? It's a weak amen. I noticed a while ago when Brother Robbie came up here and he said, good morning. Everybody said good morning to you. I never get that, Brother Robbie. Never get that. I just walked over there and I just grinned. Everybody can be a part of that. I'm not saying good morning I'm talking about being a part of missions I want you to pray about that if so for some reason I want you to be a part of that service because it's a special service it's a special time and it's really a celebrating time and I want everybody to come and be a part of that don't whatever whatever excuse it is try to get rid of the excuse and come okay and be there if you can't be there then put it in the offering plate turn in the welcome center of the church office or something don't just leave it lingering uh, because it affects what we can budget. And I really want to take on some more missionaries. So I want you to be praying about that. Now, we get to back to John chapter 1. I've been praying all week uh, about what the message to preach. I was prepared to preach this morning. And at 4.30 this morning, I woke up and God just... Put, put some things on my heart today that I, that I wanted to share with you. I just sat up in my bed and I just began to write things down. I, and, and God took me back to John chapter 1. I just began to write these things down that I wanted to come back and give you this morning. I'm just trying to follow the Lord. I don't like it because it puts me on shaky ground. Um, I'm just trying to trust the Lord here. John chapter 1, we're introduced here to John the Baptist. Everybody with me? It's John the Baptist. It's not John the one who writes the gospel. That's John the Apostle. In verse number 6, we're introduced to John the Baptist. He was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, we know a great deal about John the Baptist. He was, uh, we know about him in Luke chapter 1 and his role, if you will, in the Christmas story and, 
of, of, of uh, his father being there in the temple and the angel appearing to his father and the miraculous birth that John was going to be between uh, his parents. Uh, his mother, Elizabeth, was uh, beyond the years to have a child. Uh, but God blessed them with John. And uh, John was born about six months ahead of Jesus. And we don't know much about his childhood until he shows up here in John chapter 1 and verse 6. And he's just one, he's just a voice who cries in the wilderness. Well, I, I, I noticed some things that i got to point out. I, I have to say this. If John the Baptist were alive today, he would not be a very good independent fundamental Baptist. He would not be that. I have to point that out. I don't know exactly what Jesus wore every day, but I know this. The Bible, the Holy Spirit inspired the writer to let us know what John wore, and it wasn't something that I'd want to wear. The Bible says he, he wore camel's hair and a leathern girdle. He wore animal skins, right? He didn't look like everybody. That's the point I'm trying to make. He didn't look like everyone else. Good independent fundamental Baptist today makes sure his shoes are shined and he's got that tie on and he's got that butt suit buttoned up real good. I just can't button mine Very, and make it look good, okay? I've been too blessed. Let's just put it that way. That, that's a good independent fundamental Baptist. Uh, Somebody that comes in looking a little bit different, you, you look at him and you got an eyebrow raise. Who is this guy? I think John was kind of a crazy guy. I mean, not, not crazy as he really was crazy, if you would, but I think he was, that was his perception uh, from others. I would see that. I mean, for crying out loud, the dude ate locusts. He ate, the Bible tells us that, that, that was his food. That was his diet. He ate bugs. Yeah, you'd, you'd raise your eyebrow at that, amen? He ate bugs. He, he, uh, he ate wild honey. He lived off the land is what he did, all right? The Bible lets us know that about him. He, in John chapter 1, you're in John chapter 1, something I noticed about John is he pointed those to whom he ministered to follow Christ and not himself. He wasn't building up his kingdom. Can I say this? He wasn't a pastor trying to build his church. Amen. In John 1 and verse 29, you probably have that verse memorized. He sees Jesus and he says there in that verse, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He says, This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bare record that this is the Son of God. And the next day, again, the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Two that were known to John. John sees Jesus, and he points them out to people who knew him. He says, Right there, that's the Son of God. 
That's the one that we should be following. And right at that moment, John lost a little bit of his following. Amen. He lost a little bit of his following because suddenly those two who we believe is John and Andrew, we know one is Andrew, we believe the other one is John, who wrote the gospel, they began to follow Jesus and they're a little far off and they're watching him and finally Jesus turns around and he says, what, who seek, what seek you? They said, Master, where do thou dwellest? And he says, come and see. And he begins a relationship there, and it was so life-changing that Andrew left there, and he went to find his brother Peter, his brother Simon, and he found him. And he says, come, we have found him, the one that we've been praying for. And Andrew brought his brother to Jesus. It's important that we're not always trying, we're not trying to draw people to ourselves. We're just trying to point people to the one that can really change their lives, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who John was. Number three, he stood for right no matter what it cost him. He stood for right. He stood for holiness and righteousness. Both in Matthew chapter 14 and Luke chapter 3, we find there that he ends up in prison for the simple reason that he was preaching against royalty. He was preaching against Herod. He was preaching against the, the leader of his nation and saying and, uh, unto Philip, he says, You're, it is unlawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias, Philip's wife, hated John, hated him to the point that she wanted him dead. The problem was Herod really liked John. John was Herod's favorite preacher. Hmm. Don't ever tell me I'm your favorite preacher. I'll have to start watching my head. Out of lust, Herod gets himself in a situation and he follows his wife and his and he has John the Baptist lose his head. John knew what it would cost him. That didn't matter to John. What mattered to John is he preached the truth. After John lost his head, Jesus said, of men born of woman, none is greater than John the Baptist. He had moments of weakness in Matthew chapter 11, right? When he's in the jail cell, he sent some of his disciples, he sent them to Jesus. He sent word and he asked him, Art thou he or do we wait for another? We just read John chapter 1. He knew who he was. But in a moment of weakness, he had some doubt. And Jesus told us, he just told him, he says, Go and show John what you have seen. Go and show John what you have heard. See the miracles that have happened. Go back and, and tell John all that you know about me. And that encouraged John to the point that he was willing to keep standing. He was like you and I. He had moments of weakness. He was not sinless like our Savior. He's just a man. He was a godly man. Number five, the more successful he became, the less he became. In John chapter 3, there were some who were questioning him. It says in verse 25, there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. 
And then you get down to verse number 30. And he says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Look at verse 29. He that... He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my, therefore, this, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. It's less about me. It's more and more about him. The more successful he became, the less he became. It was more and more about the one that he testified of. And you get to back to John chapter 1. And I was reading this this week, actually. And uh, actually, it wasn't this week, it was last week. I was reading here in the Gospel of John. Our theme here is that all may know. And there's many scriptures that are posted around the church of how. Save thou us that all the kings of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Hezekiah the king said that. Solomon, his prayer for the temple, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. It's all found throughout the scripture, but I miss one here in John chapter 1 until two weeks ago. Here in John chapter 1, yeah, there's a man sent from God whose name was John. And it says in verse 7, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the capital L light. Amen. Why? That all men, through him, might believe. John's ministry was about that all may know. That all may know him who died for us. It's about him. And I wrote this, I wrote this thought out. It was not John's responsibility to motivate or inspire people to follow Jesus Christ. His only responsibility was to point people to him. I can't motivate people to serve the Lord. I I can't get behind you and always pat you on the back and say, come on, man, you can do this. You can do this. That's not my responsibility. It's not your responsibility. Our responsibility is just to point people to Jesus. He was not that light. He was sent to bear witness of the light. Only the light could save people from darkness. That's not our job. Our job is just to show people where the light is. I woke up and I was thinking about this. I was thinking about my life. Different memories that I have from a very young age. And I've talked to my wife about a number of things that I have never shared publicly with a lot of people. But I was introduced to sin at a very young age. I'm not talking about Lying to my mama that I ate all my food. That I threw, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about some bad stuff. That was just there for me to find or somebody introduced to me. Very young age. 
I had things that I went through as a young, as a young child. That would make your skin crawl. Terrible things. All of those things led me to looking for some hope. Even as an eight-year-old boy. And it led me to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. It led me to realize that sin is real. It led me to realize that God is perfect and holy. And when I realized my sin separated me from God, how was I ever going to get to heaven? And my mother pointed me to Jesus Christ on the cross for me. And I accepted Jesus as my Savior. But I never really was trained. I never really was taught in the Bible. We didn't go to church regularly. Sin is everywhere. You didn't have to have iPhones to get involved in sin. Anybody over the age of 30 say amen there. Sin's always there. You can find it. Experienced a number of things. I got to... I, I remember I had a family member that I found out my senior year was... A homosexual, man, that rocked my world. I didn't know what to think about that, Lynn. I didn't know what to think about that. My senior year in high school, I was with some uh, I was with some of my closest friends who happened to be African American, and we were in a difficult situation. And it was a very racial situation, and it got very ugly in a hurry. And I saw the fear in my friend's eyes, and we got out of there as quick as possible. I went back, Todd, I went back to find those young men. I was 17 years old. If I could have found them, I was willing to kill for my friends that night. I couldn't find them. I thank God for that. That's the first time anybody else heard that something I'm watching. I knew Jesus my Savior, but I didn't really know Jesus. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit protected me from a number of things that I didn't even know. I really didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. But I tell you what, Art, I was saved. I knew that. I began, I began to get involved with things, and I just threw away everything that I had worked for. Academic scholarships, athletic scholarships. I could, pretty, I could be a pretty wealthy dude today. I threw all that away. I was losing hope in a hurry. I saw one of my closest friends get run over by a school bus. You know that story. I still see him today. I still see him laying there today. I've told you the story. I've, I've seen a guy get attacked with an axe, blood pouring down his face, running to me, asking for help. I was just a kid. I still see his face. 
I had one of my closest friends die in a car accident one month after I should have died in mine. God let me live. God took him. I don't know why, BJ. I don't know why, Stick. But I guess we're finding out the answer. 19 years old. I needed something. I was invited to a church service and I came there and I realized that right there is what I need. These people have what I need. You do not, Darren, you do not know what a smile on your face means to somebody who's looking for a reason to smile. You don't know what it means to somebody looking for something, just being faithful and just being there, and they see your faithfulness, and they see, some, they see something that you have that they don't have. You don't realize what that means. I don't know what was preached that Sunday. I just knew this. Those people got something I desperate for. I went back to church that Sunday night, and I had some young people in there who invited me to go to Burger King after church. Young people that I did not know. And I went, and I had the best time. Just went to Burger King. It wasn't a youth group function. It wasn't a young adult function. Somebody just said, hey, we're going to go to Burger King. You want to come with us? Changed my life. You don't know what an invite to just a meal means to somebody. The Lord began to change my life. And I'm going to tell you something. It took some time. Amen. I was a mess, brother. Blake, I was a mess. I had a bad mouth, and I thought everybody talked that way. So I didn't know I wasn't supposed to talk that way in church. I was a mess, brother. Nobody ran me out. You don't know what it means to somebody that don't know any better to show some grace. You don't know what that means to somebody. Oh, you can stand on your soapbox and you can preach it and be right, but you just killed somebody. I listened to my preacher preach and he was rough. Man, he was, I would not dare repeat what I would hear him preach. He was rough. But he would win people to Christ. And he would take me out soul winning. Just take me out. We'd, he'd, take, he'd take me to lunch. I remember going to Hardy's there. And he gave me a gospel track. And he says, share this gospel track with that cashier. Scared to death, Jeff. Scared. He says, I want you to do it. Yes, sir. Gave me a Schofield Bible. I wore out. Oh, he was rough. But he invested in me. 
You ain't got to agree with everybody about everything, but you ought to be thankful for their investment in you. They don't, they don't agree with everything you are either. Truth be told, neither does Jesus. Amen? God put me in the ministry, and I didn't even realize what that meant. I was dumb. I just wanted Jesus. Glenn, Jesus was changing my life, and it was becoming obvious to everybody. And he took this introverted kid who wanted to find the nearest seat in the back to sit in because he didn't want to be seen in front of everybody, and he gave a story to tell. I was not the light. I was just sent to bear witness of the light. There's disappointments along the way. People disappoint me. I disappoint some others. I was growing. They were growing. There was growing pains always involved. But little by little, you would see the grace of God and the word of God and the spirit of God begin to take shape in this guy's life. Why do I tell you all that? I tell you all of that for this reason. If God loved me, if God loves me that much, How can I not be a part of sharing that love with other people? I cannot, as your pastor, motivate you to serve the Lord. I can encourage you, but I can't motivate you. And there have been times where I've been told, Pastor, you've got to inspire people. I can inspire you and encourage you for today. But you and I both know when Monday comes, everything that happened on Sunday is out the door. And you come back next week and you can't tell nobody what I preached last week. Sometimes I can't even tell you what I preached last week. We need a new fresh. We need a fresh drink of water. I can't, I can't inspire you. That's not my job. My job is to point people to Jesus. Yesterday, Greg and I, we were talking to a guy named Jimmy. Jimmy's an 82-year-old sitting out on his front porch in a, uh, not a wheelchair, but one of those power chairs. He had a stroke 10 years ago. Jimmy wanted to have a conversation with us, so praise the Lord, that's the guy I'm looking for. And it didn't take long, we turned it to the gospel. Jimmy, Jimmy's not saved. He let me know that right off when he said, well, 
I don't know that I'm good enough. And I said, well, brother, that's where everybody makes a mistake. They always think they got to be good enough. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were here at sinners, Christ died for us. I just gave him scripture after scripture. He said, preacher, I went to church for a while. I joined the church. I'd always get back out. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I, and, and Greg spoke up. He said, that's right, you can't do it. Finally got to it, and I realized, listen, I'm, all this happening right here is I'm just trying to convince this guy to believe in Jesus. And it's going to take the Holy Spirit to do it. So I realized we're, we're just planting a seed here. Lord willing, we'll come back and water this seed a little bit more. I asked him, could I pray for him? And he said, no. I said, well, Jimmy, I'm going to pray for you, either behind your back or right in front of you. Which one do you want? And he laughed, and he says, I'd appreciate it if you just pray for me on your own. I was driving home last night, and I told Christy, I said, did I tell you about Jimmy? She said, no. I told her about Jimmy, and I just, I just began to weep. I never knew Jimmy until yesterday. Now, Robbie, I'm tore up because Jimmy may go to hell. I can't make Jimmy get saved. I hope Jimmy's watching the live stream. Jimmy, God loves you. He wants to save you. I'm not the light. I'm sent to bear witness of the light. I know God calls us to be a light. We're just a reflection of his light. We're the moon. He's the sun. Don't you want to be a part of that? I think sometimes us preachers, we think we, we drive ourselves crazy because we think we've got to motivate people. We've got to inspire people. Listen, if, if the love of God, is, if what God has not done for us is not enough, we're just not going to do it. Amen. We're just not going to do it. Missions is not going to be a big deal. The gospel is not going to be a big deal. I, I believe some people get tired of the fact that I, I'm always giving the gospel. I'm always going to give the gospel because every week we got people in here that needs the gospel. Salvation is the greatest thing in the world. That's what motivates that gray-haired guy back there. Do you mind if I share with you, share with everyone what you just told me? Can I do that? You know, he is in a bad motorcycle accident. And the fellow's been posting about all these motorcycles. He's had more motorcycle accidents than anybody I ever known, and he always lives. I hate motorcycle stick, but I believe I'd get on one with you because I think I'll just survive it. I hope he just sticks with four-wheelers now. Stick said it's the first motorcycle he's accident that he's had where he knew he was going if he died, where he's going if he died. Pfft. 
Isn't that good? That's what motivates Michael Bell, Stephen Burks. They know what life is without Jesus. So they're in the jail every day. Stephen Burks gives up his life to help the Hope House. I don't understand it. Knows what it is. He said, The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. That was his life. He didn't have very fancy wardrobe. He didn't have the best, the shiniest shoes. Didn't wear what everybody else wore. He sure didn't eat like what everybody else ate. He didn't promote himself when they asked him who he was. He said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. You don't need to know my name. You need to know the one that I came to witness for, witness of. He says in John chapter 1, he says in verse 31, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with water. He, his purpose was to manifest to everyone, to Israel, Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. I can preach. Hey, y'all read your Bible. Read your Bible, sons. Read your Bible. I can preach that and preach that and preach that to you. If you don't want to, you're not going to do it. Give! We need to give. If your heart's not in it, you're not going to do it. Go tell somebody about Jesus. Just, just give them a word. Just be a testimony. Be a witness of the light. Share with them what Christ has done for you. But if it's not powerful enough, you're not going to do it. And the inspirational story, that'll encourage you for today, but it'll flare out very quickly. What keeps us going? What keeps us going when everyone else is telling us to stop? Everything else is telling us to stop. What keeps motivating us? Has to be him. Amen? And somewhere along the way, we can do all sorts of things with our life. All sorts of things. We can do all kinds of things with our life. But the only thing that's eternal is what we bring with us, and that's people. And everybody can play a part in that. Amen. That all may know him. The one that I know. The one that changed this boy. And it's still changing. Well, Lord woke me up at 4.30 in the morning to give you that message. Let's read it one more time. Pianist, come. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness to the light that all men through him might believe. I left Jimmy with this. I said, Jimmy, we're going to go. But let me give you one more thing. 1 John 5, 13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. 
and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. God, Jimmy, God wants you to know. God wants you to know you're going to spend eternity in heaven through him. No hope so, none of that. And it ain't going to be you that gets there. I said so many people are fooled into thinking it's going to be about them. It's not about them. If it was, Jesus wouldn't have had to cru be crucified. It's about Jesus. Jimmy didn't get saved, and there have been many, many other people. It's just simple, isn't it, Brian? And just walk away from it. If you're here this morning, stop walking away from it. Stop walking away from it. Come to Jesus. If you're distracted by other things, let this be a gracious moment. Come to Jesus. You're saved, but you need to get things, you need to get, you need to get your priorities right. You need to get your motivation. You need to find it in the Lord and what he's done for you. You need to get your inspiration from the word of God. Let's bow our heads.